to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yo, what's going on, world? Fantasy world, rather. Back for another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. I know, before you jump on me, yes, we didn't do the Tuesday episode. That was because I got sick, a little food poisoning, had to get over that. Trust me, you did not want me recording the episode sounding all raspy after uh, throwing up some Chipotle. That was not a good look. So, yeah, past that. But feeling a lot better, so you know I had to come back for Thursday. Um, Heading into week seven, I'm actually feeling a little better. I mean, fantasy-wise, uh, I got to beat up on some of my rivals this week. Uh, Mark. You know, on the other podcast host, he caught a beat down. You know, it felt real good about that in our CBS league. Uh, top tier looks like it's turning around, but I got a real big match in week seven because uh, the dude that I'm playing with, playing against in week seven has Derrick Henry. And you saw what happened to this. D- Yo, first of all, 94 yards, that, that run ridiculous and it doesn't even look like derrick henry is moving at top speed ball was moving about i think uh it was on twitter he was clocked at 21 miles an hour that's ridiculous bro was moving he it looked like he wasn't moving fast he's like a he's like a gazelle like he's not taking quick steps he's taking full strides this dude is burning linebackers like it's nothing once he gets to the second level and there's nobody in front of him you can't you're not going to put a safety on him and try and block him like that like it's it's ridiculous man but that was a that was an incredible game by derrick henry he put up massive fantasy points i believe it was like 40 two touchdowns 212 yards crazy man like he was he was getting it done derrick henry and now i gotta go up against that I'm hoping the Steelers, you know, kind of peep and be like, yo, we got to shut down Derrick Henry this week or else he going to run over over us like he uh, like he did last week against the Houston Texans. So I need the Steelers. Hey, yo, Steelers, if anybody from the Steelers nation is listening to this, pass it on to the Steelers. Let them know, if, yo, y'all need to shut Derrick Henry down this week. <laughs> Do me a favor because, man, if that boy get loose. It's a wrap for my fantasy squad. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Um, but, you know, I, I think most of my teams are doing pretty well. I got a couple of teams that are 4-1, uh, and one, five and I think I have a 5-0 and oh team. I got to check. But they're, they're at least above 500 um, or at 500. I got a couple of 3-3 three and three teams that are turning turning the corner a little bit. But, man, fantasy season, this, this has been unprecedented stuff, man. Injury has been killing us. COVID has been getting in the way, adjusting uh, fit, uh, regular season schedules for teams. They're moving play- players and teams all over the place. Bulls is getting sent home from having COVID, you know, so they don't infect anybody else. And the NFL is constantly testing people. So it's like, man, this is something that's never been seen before in in, in the NFL and for uh, fantasy football. So it's just like one of those things we just got to keep going through week to week. And hopefully it doesn't hit your team as hard as other teams. And, you know, we hope we always hope that the players um, we hope that the players are healthy. We want them to be healthy because they're giving us, you know, they're giving us football. You know, basically you we can't I don't I don't think as a fantasy football player, you know, a fantasy owner or anything, however you want to call it, we should never be upset 
about how players operate while they're doing this in during COVID, man. It's just you can't you can't be mad. These guys are putting it on the line to play football for us. I mean, basically they 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 doing it for them so they can get paid, but they doing it for the fans too in some some measure. So we got to be appreciative of that, man. We got to let them know somehow, yo, we really appreciate the fact that y'all going out and y'all going to war for football um and the fans are enjoying it. So that's just that. Now, I got to talk about the Cowboys for a bit, man. What in the world is going on with my Cowboys, man? They catching hands from everybody. Kyler Murray had what? 9 completions? 9 completions? And they put up 38 points. Zeke, bro. You, yo, you my guy, but you got to stop putting the ball on the ground. And for all those people, I've been on Twitter since the game, since the game was over. Where are all those people that was like, oh, yo, Andy Dalton is the future. Andy Dalton is better than Dak. Andy Dalton needs to be starting. We don't need to pay Dak Prescott. Where y'all at? I want to know where y'all at because I haven't seen any Andy Dalton truthers on Twitter since he got mowed by the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Buda Baker was having a, he was teeing off on him all game. Andy Dalton, and before anybody goes, oh, well, Zeke put the ball on the ground and he put Andy Dalton in the hole. So those two picks that Andy Dalton threw, that didn't have anything to do with it either. He was staring down receivers so much that they figured out where he was going with the ball. Like, bro, you you were just a starting quarterback last season. Now I know why you got fired. Now I know why you got the boot. It's like, yeah. I, you can hear the uh, you can hear the angst and and aggravation in my voice right now. Like, yo, Andy Andy Dalton is what he is, and I I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit hopeful, but Andy Dalton is what he is. There's no getting around that. So we have to hope that somehow the coaching staff can get their heads out of their behinds and put together a game plan or do something that. Gets more out of the players than what it's doing. And I'm, you know, right now, Cowboys Nation, it ain't looking good. It's not looking good at all. And for trolling purposes, yeah, you can say, oh, well, Dallas is still in the uh, first team in the division. But for how long? There's some tough teams coming up on the schedule. And if we keep playing like this, we're going to get rocked. Like, it's, it's, there's no rep. And you can't count on Philadelphia being bad forever. Carson Wentz, has, he started bad, and now he's on the uptick. Yeah, they still taking L's. But Carson's playing a little bit better each week. And we got him in two weeks. So what are you going to do? You got to figure out something quickly. You got the Redskins this week for week seven. This is a turnaround week. If you can't beat the Redskins this week, you have huge problems. Huge problems. There's no there's no other way to slice it. But I'm not going to keep going on for this. You know, I could talk about the Cowboys forever. But this is a fantasy football podcast. You dig? So let's get into it. But before we jump into our, you know, we're going to do our news. We're going to break down. Um, I have a special in and out question. Uh, Before we get into the main uh, part of our show, we got the news up. We have the Thursday night preview because Thursday night football is back. Philadelphia versus the Giants. The Pigeons versus the Midgets, however you want to cut it. (laughs) but we got that game thursday night and then we got starts of the week so follow the podcast on twitter at fantasy's finest follow me at hype underscore finest follow my guys Jalen and mark ace underscore eca4 and at mcnucks 
M-C-K-N-U-X, because, you know, some for, already, for whatever reason, people forget that that's his name. But follow my guys on Twitter. Make sure you check us out. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We got a Facebook page. You can check that out, too. Also, check out thefantasyfinest.com. All our articles that uh, go up there, you know, injury news, player news, uh, starts and sits, all that stuff goes up there. So make sure you stop by and check it out. And make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast. Oh, big news. We got approved. We got approved. We are now on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio podcast, wherever you want to call it. We are on iHeartRadio. So you can check us out now on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Ain't that great? Yeah, we getting around. Wait, no, that don't sound right. We're not getting around in that manner. But you know what I mean. We're getting out there. Does that sound any better? Look, I'll just say, look, we're we're getting in more podcasts. <laughs> so this is this is good news for us. Um, I just got the approval letter um, for the podcast um, from iHeartRadio yesterday. So I was excited. So well, let's get into it, man. Let's get into the let's get into first. Let's get into in and out. We're going to do in and out first. Listen to me. Listen, stop. Stop. I need to know what is happening right now. Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? Mm-mm, no time for questions, just action. In or out. Okay, well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. All right, so quickly. In and out. Are you in or out on Le'Veon Bell having a significant role in the Chiefs' offense? So, like, have you? if you've been living under a rock, the Jets let go of uh, Le'Veon Bell. He got signed to the Chiefs. There's been some speculation about what what his role is going to be. Um, You know, at first, before the Bills game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't having a good – he was having a decent year. He hasn't been able to get into the end zone since week one. Um, He's been getting a lot of work, but it just hasn't been translating to production on the field. And then he completely tore apart the Bills um, in week six. It was – he had 161 yards rushing. Um, I believe he scored. But he was averaging over six six yards a carry. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is really good. I firmly believe that. But what Le'Veon Bell offers, as opposed to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is not only size, but he can do just about anything that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can do. And he's probably going to be better in goal line situations. Once Le'Veon Bell gets into... The Chiefs system, they're going to use him in those goal line situations probably over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You can probably see him catching passes around the goal line. He'll be he'll still be used, but Le'Veon Bell is going to have a role. And if you had Daryl Williams, you might as well drop him because he's he's not he's going to be worthless outside of an injury. And even then, if Le'Veon Bell is producing, he's going to come into that number two role um, off the back. And I would be surprised if he it starts to be more of a split between Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. But we're just gonna have to wait and see that uh see that happen on the field. Um Reed has already said that um no, I'm sorry, not Andy Reed, uh Jay Glazer came out and said uh he reported that Le'Veon Bell isn't being brought in to be a starter uh, over Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but you're still gonna need him to uh get some work done 
um, and help uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. So I think he's going to have a role. If you manage to have him hold on to him after the Jets cut him, um, that's good. He's going to be a good stash. Just wait and see how he produces in that uh, Chiefs offense. And then once he starts to show, you know, he starts to produce, then you can start putting him in your lineups because we all know that the Chiefs offense is one of the better offenses in the league. Uh, Bell's going to have a significant role. So, yes, I'm definitely in on Le'Veon Bell. And whoever dropped him in the CBS league, thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it because now he's on my bench. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, Yeah, that wraps up in and out. Let's go into the news and find out what's going on around in the NFL. News and notes from around the NFL. All right. First up, Adam Schefter reports that the Seahawks are still interested in Antonio Brown. Now, if you haven't been paying attention because it had, he's been quiet for a while, he hasn't been stirring up any trouble on social media or anything like that. Antonio Brown got hit with an eight game suspension before the season started. And he's going to be off of that suspension in week nine, which makes him eligible to be signed by any team. He's a free agent, but he's already starting to generate buzz um, in the NFL. Um, Schefter also reported that the Seahawks aren't the only team that are interested in Antonio Brown. And earlier in the offseason, there were rumors that other teams were interested in him. You had Houston um, mentioning him a couple of times. uh, That was before uh, Bill O'Brien got cut. So he would at Bill O'Brien particularly was like, no, we don't really we don't want Antonio Brown. But now with him out, there's a possibility that he could land in Houston. Of course, you always have to throw in New England because for whatever reason, players just end up there. Now, we know that he was there already and they had to release him. But this could be a new chapter in New England's page because now you take a battle in battle uh, wide receiver in Antonio Brown. He had issues. Maybe he's seen the error of his ways. And then he comes back to the team to let him go. And he performs well. Personally, I hope he doesn't go there. Like, I'm, who's ti- who's not tired of the New England Patriots always getting prime or name worthy free agents just out of the, out of the blue. Like I'm tired of hearing that story. So that's done. But there are other teams that are interested in Antonio Brown, depending on where he lands, he could have huge fantasy implications. So if you haven't picked him up already, if you got a spot on your bench, stash him, that is the very least you can do. Depending on where he lands, will depend on how big his impact in fantasy will be going forward. He could be one of those pieces that you grab for fantasy and could take you to the playoffs or the championship, depending on who his quarterback is. We know Antonio Brown still has the talent. We just have to see what quarterback he ends up with that can bring that talent back out. Now, moving along, head coach Anthony Lynn told reporters that Austin Eckler The Chargers running backs return from the severe hamstring injury is more later than sooner and that the team wants him back at 100 percent. So what basically he's like, yo, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon right now. He's already been expected to be out for about six weeks with the hamstring injury, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that quick of a turnaround um, even at this point. If for So in the meantime, you have Justin Jackson, you have Joshua Kelly, who are going to man the backfield until 
Eckler can return. Now, the sucky news is that Justin Jackson popped up with a knee injury in practice this week. Hopefully, it's not something that's a big concern. Um, He did have a really good game before the bye week, and I'm hoping that he builds on that and continues to be that lead back for the Chargers. In Miami, Tua Tagovailo. I'm going to try and get this name right real quick. I'm going to get two tries. If I don't get into two tries, I'm done. Tagovailoa, and I think that's it. Tua Tagovailoa has been named the Dolphins starter going forward. The sucky part is nobody bothered to tell Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it, that's a hurt piece, man. You How do you not tell that guy that he's not going to be the starter anymore? You're going to hand it over to Tua. Now, to be fair, head coach Brian Flores was not happy about the news leaking out from the team to the media because the media ended up telling the team that Tua, or they ended up breaking the news that Tua was going to be the starter. And Brian Flores hadn't had a chance to talk to Ryan Fitzpatrick yet. So the media kind of did him dirty. But Fitz was a little upset about it. Um, it is kind of bad that they didn't tell him or they didn't. T- he didn't get a chance to be known or find out from the team. But Tua's going to be the starter now. Um, maybe stash him as well if you need a quarterback, if you're in two QB leagues. They've been talking about his progression during camp, during practice, and it's been excelled to the point where they feel comfortable enough to give him the starting role, despite the fact that Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick was actually, I don't know why I'm getting tongue tied. See, this is what happens when you take off uh, from being sick and you don't get into that natural flow. <laughs> but they've been, they've liked what they've seen in practice from Tua, and they've given him the starting job. So hopefully. It could be a good thing. Maybe put him on your bench and see what he does in the coming weeks to make him start irrelevant. Um, I know Ace has already talked about Tua. He said that Tua was one of the better quarterbacks in the draft this year. He felt like should have been picked um, higher than Joe Joe Burrow. So we get to see if he was right on that one. Moving along, Mark Ingram, who suffered an ankle injury during week six, Got an MRI that revealed a mid to high ankle sprain is not considered severe, and he is expected back in week seven against the Steelers. Speaking of Steelers, Deontay Johnson returned to practice on Wednesday, full practice. Now, I hope this doesn't mess up Chase Claypool. We don't know what's going to happen with that because you still have Juju. You still have James Washington, who was targeted the most last week. Um, Claypool still led the team in uh, receiving yards, but it's... Deontay Johnson was out, so that was the reason why Chase Claypool was getting more snaps. Hopefully, they don't scale Claypool back. Hopefully, they scale somebody else back. I don't know who that is, but we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I really don't have anything else after that. But that'll wrap it up for our news. Now, let's get into this Thursday night preview. The Eagles versus the Midgets. for our feature presentation. Now, this could have big implications for the division. Um, currently, the, like I said before, the Cowboys are on top of the division, but this could be a game where it shows whether or not Carson Wentz is continuing to progress in the right direction or his performance was just fool's gold. Now, the reason why I say that is because you're looking at it's still about a two-man race between or two-team race between the Cowboys and the Eagles. 
neither one has really looked great across the board. Um, there's no sugarcoating. The Cowboys have sucked. The Eagles have sucked. And, you know, the, the rest of the division, is it is what it is with them. But this is a point in Carson's, in Carson's career in this year where he could show why he's been paid so much. And for fantasy, he hasn't really been fantasy relevant up until the last two weeks. And let's be honest, you weren't putting him in your lineups unless you were extremely desperate. If you didn't have any other players to play or or quarterbacks to grab off the waiver wire, you weren't honestly putting him in your lineup. Because to that point, to the Steelers game, Carson hadn't showed you enough. He was playing poorly over the first three weeks. But he's turned it around. And he's going to carry that momentum into the Thursday night game. Now, he's going up against the Giants defense. Um, They aren't world beaters. They do have some good pieces. But let's be honest. The Giants defense overall is not that great. Um, But more into Wentz's point and why I think that um, Carson Wentz can have a good game this week is because he went from he's currently the quarterback 10 over the net over the last six weeks heading into week seven. He ranked 17th in passing yards. He's averaging 19.2 fantasy points per game. That ranks 13th among quarterbacks. The Giants, on the other hand, are giving up 16 point, excuse me, not 16 points, 16 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks per game. That's 13th most among fantasy defenses this year. Carson has an opportunity to really put his name on this game. The problem is, is not maybe not even Carson Wentz at this point. It's what is around Carson Wentz. He has nobody out there. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's not coming back. He's got a calf injury now, which is weird because how do you pick up another injury while you're recovering from another injury? But that's neither here nor there. He lost Zach Ertz for four to six weeks. Dallas Goddard is expected to return in week 10. He lost Miles Sanders for the next two weeks. So he has nobody. He has nobody. Now, this could be a perfect trolling moment, but I don't want to get into that right now. I'll save that for Twitter if I feel like harassing Eagles fans. But to be honest, to be, you know, fantasy honest, it's going to be tough for Carson Wentz to really – I expect the Eagles to win. I'm going to put my pick out there now. The Eagles, talent-wise, not maybe not talent-wise, but the way that their team's been playing, they can do just enough to get the W against the Giants. If that doesn't happen, color me shocked because I honestly believe that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. I think he can get the job done despite the fact that he doesn't have much weapons around him. And then when you look at Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones has been bad even in better matchups um, after the first four weeks of the season. I myself, as well as other fantasy analysts, we were expecting that turnaround after those first four weeks. Those first four games of the Giants season were tough. But then he got out of those, and he continued to play poorly. He's the quarterback 27 on the season. He's only averaging 11 fantasy points per game, and he's turnover prone. Still, you would figure, you know, fumbling, that's very bad. Turnovers, very bad. Interceptions, very bad. But he's still continuing to do these things. You can't do those things against the Eagles' defense. The Eagles defense may be giving up 19.7 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, but they've played better quarterbacks than Daniel Jones. Let's be fair about it. They, they're they a mid-range defense for fantasy, but Daniel Jones is not a mid-range quarterback. 
The Eagles D is still one of the better fronts in the league. They're they're uh, fourth in sacks, sixth in pressures, tenth in QB pressure percentage. They're gonna get after him, and the all the um offensive line for the Giants is not great. So when you put those two things together, I really believe that Daniel Jones is going to be under duress tonight. He might be running for his life for quite a bit of the game too. So you, when it comes to quarterback positions, the Eagles got it. Now let's move on to the running back. The running backs, not very great for either side. Miles Sanders is out two weeks ankle uh, knee injury actually. And he's, he's going to be missing this game. You have Boston Scott and Corey Clement. They'll come in and do the committee thing uh, for the Eagles backfield. We don't really know what Boston Scott and Corey Clement can do. Miles Sanders has been the one, the feature back for that offense. He's been doing a really good, decent job, but you're going to bring in Boston Scott um, to, I can't see him really being a dynamic runner. I think he'll be, his, his advantage lies in his pass catching ability. Because the Giants are giving up the 11th most fantasy points to opposing running backs, about 20 a game. But the thing that I found interesting was that the Giants are giving up the six most receiving yards to opposing running backs. That falls, to me, that falls right into uh, Boston Scott's wheelhouse. If you manage to pick him up off of waivers, if you was paying attention to our waiver article, it was out there. It's on the fantasyfinest.com. You know, plug, plug. But... Boston Scott, I think his advantage will be there in the receiving game. Um, if that's the case, PPR formats, you ha- might have to take the chance to start Boston Scott if you don't have better options. I would be comfortable doing that. Um, Boston Scott has proven that he can be a reliable receiver. Corey Clement maybe is a bigger back, so maybe he takes more of the first and second downs, and you have Boston Scott coming in on the third downs and getting that receiving work in. Devontae Freeman is on the other side. He's playing up against the Eagles defense. I don't like that matchup. The Eagles defense is giving up 17.1 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. The 12th fewest in the league. They're a pesky defense when it comes to running the ball. You don't, they don't have, they don't give up a lot of, they don't have a lot of games where they've given up a lot of yards to opposing running backs. They're pretty good there. If you've seen some of the games, um, I think maybe, who was it? I think the Rams really got off on them. But outside of that, no. They've really had they really kept running backs in check for most of the season. Um, they did it to Connor. I think he only had about 40 or 50 yards rushing. Um, Antonio Gibson did squat. Um, Peyton Barber, he had... He he's basically the rest. The, I was about to say the Redskins, the Washington football team. They didn't do anything. So the Eagles have been pretty good against opposing running backs up until this point. Devontae Freeman is not much of a threat or hasn't shown that as um, to this point in the season since he's come back from um, being a free agent. He's averaging three point two yards per carry, only seven points per game. As far as fantasy is concerned, Devontae Freeman is in for a tough night. By some stretch, if he gets off, you know, that's not expected. But the Giants running game isn't great. The offense as a whole has some nice pieces, but they're not. They haven't proven that they can keep it together long enough to do damage to their opponent. So I don't know, you know, if you're starting any any of these guys, um, more power to you. You're a braver soul than I am. 
Moving on to the wide receiver position, Travis Fulgham has been a stud so far. Even in bad matchups, he had the Steelers in week five. He had the Ravens in week six. I had him as a sit in week six because I did not think that the Ravens, that he was going to get off. Well, he didn't really get off, but he had a really good game. Ten targets, 75 yards, and a touchdown. He scored a touchdown in each of his last three games. He is a problem, and that that's a good find by Howie Roseman. I have to be honest. But he's going to come into a situation where he's going to have one of the better corners on him this week. Uh, James Bradbury has been locking dudes down since the start of the season. Juju Smith-Schuster, 69 yards. Um, Allen Robinson, Chicago's wide receiver, 33 yards. Robert Woods, 36 yards. Amari Cooper, 23 yards. He's putting the clamps on these dudes. So I expect James Bradbury to be following Fulgham around. Deshaun Jackson returns. But he has to play the whole game. That's where the issue with Deshaun Jackson is. He's injury prone. There's no getting around it now. Can he make it through the whole game to be reliable? Are you willing to take that chance to have him on your fantasy lineup? Me? No. He hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Um, But if you need an option, he's going to be there. I fully, like I said, I fully expect Bradbury to follow Travis Fulgham around and put the clamps on him. If there's anything to, if there's anything similar to what he's done to other wide receivers. So Fulgham is a, Fulgham is a, he's a 50, 50 because you know, the targets are going to be, he's going to have to get targeted. Um, There's no other real wide receiver options available for the Eagles. So I fully expect Fulgham's volume not to change because he's the only guy out there. Uh, 10 targets against Baltimore, 13 targets against the Steelers. And these are better defenses, and Wentz is still throwing. So even if the game script turns into a pass-heavy type of situation, Fulgham should still be protected by volume. Deshaun Jackson? Mm, Maybe. I don't know. Now, the Giants wide receiver who's of note is Darius Slayton. But he's going to be on, he's going to have Darius Slay covering him. Slay has been one of the better corners against number one wide receivers as well. Um, teams do not target him like that because they know what, how Slay get down. So Slayton is going to have a slow night. Um, I fully expect that. He's always one big play away. But the problem with Slay is he's inconsistent for fantasy. He's got maybe two or three games under his belt um, as opposed to three bus games. So that puts him about a 50-50. He's too risky to play, in my opinion. I would look for better options if you have them on your bench or if they're on waivers. Um, I would check waivers and see who's available. I know people have been upset in my fantasy leagues with Brandon Cooks up until this point. Some people have forgotten that he was on waivers, and maybe he's still there in yours if if uh, if your fantasy league isn't paying attention. You have to have some other options outside of uh, Darius Slayton. I don't think this is a game you play him. Like I said, he's always one big play away, so you could rely on that. But this isn't – I don't think this is a matchup that you want to risk, depending, especially depending on what your fantasy team needs based on their record. It's, it's, very, it's very tough. Now, even, even still, um, I didn't report this either. The Eagles are giving up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. 
that might be the case, but that's because every other corner they have is trash. Darius Slay is going to take away the best receiving option from the Giants. And we don't know what the status of Sterling Shepard is. He got activated today, but he got activated Thursday, but we don't know if he's going to be able to play tonight. And Golden Tate, Golden Tate shouldn't even be on your fantasy team. He should be on waivers right where he belongs. He hasn't done anything to say, hey, I need to plug him in. That's just being honest. I mean, you can go look at his numbers. Do you really want to take uh, Golden Tate off waivers and plug him in? Really? No, I wouldn't do that. Now, this is a matchup that could be the most interesting because the tight end position is where the Eagles fall short. And the tight end position is also a place of weakness because, like I said um, in the outset, Ertz and Goddard aren't there anymore. Ertz is going to be moved to IR. Goddard is a couple weeks away from returning. So the next man up is likely to be Richard Rodgers. But we don't know if he's going to see the same type of volume that Ertz and Goddard have been getting um, up until this point. Now, he did catch all of his passes against the Ravens. uh, Three targets, three catches for 31 yards. That's promising because it shows that he's there is some kind of rapport there. And Richard Rodgers is kind of shorthanded. He caught all three of his passes. So maybe they continue to build on that and feature him um, out of the tight end position. I know they, they're going to run two tight ends. I heard Kroom uh, being mentioned as the other tight end that's going to be out there. Um, I wouldn't test that one <laughs> because we don't really know who Chrome is. So Richard Rodgers looks like the play. Um, I would pick him up off waivers if you're in a desperate spot for a tight end position. Um, and hopefully he gets the targets. Like I said, the Eagles are bereft of uh, they're bereft of pass catching options in their offense. So maybe Richards gets the the short end dump off type situations, and maybe he gets a goal line target or two. Evan Ingram, on the other hand, is the better matchup because he's playing against the defense that's giving up 12.1 fantasy points per game to the tight end position, fourth most in fantasy among opposing tight ends. So the Eagles have a problem defending the tight end position. If somehow they don't forget that Evan Ingram is there, and I'm talking about the Giants offense, not the Eagles defense, if they remember that they do have Evan Ingram on the team, maybe he has a good game and they use him to take on those Eagles linebackers who have struggled against the tight end position so far this season. But we never know what the Giants are going to do. That's just the drawback. So Evan Ingram could be could be in for a good game, but I think he carries some risk too. Like I said before, Dan, I expect Daniel Jones to be under constant pressure from the Eagles defense. Um, it's it's unless they fall behind and they get real pass heavy. Um, I would pro- I'm a little leery of Evan Ingram, but I would start him because. Like I said, Darius Slayton is going to be on. He's going to have Darius Slay following him around all game. So maybe they go to Evan Ingram because of that matchup. But that's our Thursday night preview. Who do you got? I'm going to put it on Twitter um, after this podcast drops. And you let me know who you're picking tonight to win Thursday night football. I'm taking the Eagles. I know I don't like saying that out loud, but let's be real. The Giants suck. (laughs) Everybody in the division sucks. But 
I think the Eagles are the better team. They got the better defense. They got the better quarterback. They may not have the better running back because Miles Sanders is hurt, but they still have more than enough to get the job done. I'm taking the Eagles. They got this. They're going to be two, four, and one after tonight. Unless the sky the sky falls and the Giants somehow win this game. I'm, I would be shocked. But I'm taking the Eagles. I'll see who you got when we talk about it on Twitter. Now let's keep it moving. We're going to get into our starts of the week and wrap this baby up. The finest starts of the week. Start it up. Start it up. Start it up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. For our starts of the week, now, I, I, like I've said before, I'm pretty sure you guys got it down by now. I take two, two matches. Not two matches. I take two players in each position, and I tell you whether or not they should be startable this week. And let's start with Teddy B versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, I know what you're thinking. Can Teddy B hang with Drew Brees? That might not be the matchup. We might be looking at Teddy Bridgewater versus the New Orleans Saints, who have been surprisingly awful against opposing quarterbacks so far this season, giving up 23.3 fantasy points per game to the position. I didn't see that coming, did you? The Saints normally have a really solid defense, but for whatever reason, they're getting chewed up this year. Teddy Bridgewater has some decent weapons. We've seen him get uh, get down with uh, Robbie Robbie Anderson. Uh, DJ Moore is coming along. Not so much about Curtis Samuel and Ian Thomas, but those players aside, you still have Mike Thomas, who's catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, who's been putting in work while Christian McCaffrey is uh, continuing to rehab, who should be back week eight or nine. Somewhere around there. I think they have a buy in between. So they're saying the earliest could be week 10. But you still they still have enough weapons to get the job done. Teddy Bridgewater has been looking like a solid quarterback so far this season. Um, and New Orleans is just giving up way too many fantasy points um, per game. And they've also given up the second most touchdowns to this point over the first six weeks. So I'm liking Teddy Bridgewater against the Saints. My second pick uh, for the quarterback position is Joe Burrow versus the Cleveland Browns. The Browns got slapped around last week by the Steelers. Slapped around. I mean, they was catching hands, big hands. Big Ben didn't even do anything that whole game. He he threw for under 200 yards, and the defense was just mauling them. The defense was getting it in. Uh, James Washington had a good game. Uh, Chase Claypool was solid. And... Uh, James Conner was doing whatever he wanted on the ground. So now I'm not saying Cincinnati Bengals have that. There's still some concern about Joe Mixon. Uh, before I came on to record, Mixon is dealing with some kind of foot injury. He hasn't been able to practice the last two days. But the Cincinnati Bengals have a decent wide receiver core. Tyler Boyd is doing damage. Uh, T. Higgins is doing damage. Uh, A.J. Green finally came to the party last week. He had 11 targets. So the Bur- the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow have an opportunity to do some damage against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Burrow is averaging just about 16.2 fantasy points per game. That's not great, but the Browns defense has been suspect against the pass, and they have been suspect against the wide receivers. 
And the Browns have given up the most, the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and touchdowns. So even if Joe Burrow ain't that good, the Browns ain't that good against defending the quarterback. <laughs> so this could be a prime spot for Joe Burrow. I like him. I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams, unfortunately. If I did, I'd probably be starting him. But if you need a quarterback this week and he's on waivers, check Joe Burrow out. Now let's move on to the running back. Just like Joe Burrow is good against opposing Browns defenses, Kareem Hunt should be looking for a bounce back game after getting smacked around by the Steelers. The Bengals suck against the run. They cannot defend the run. They're giving up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing running backs at 19.8, just about 20 points per game. Kareem Hunt is getting all of the volume. Um, like I said, the the Steelers defense, you started Kareem Hunt in the hopes that he would get not only running work, but pass catching work. That didn't seem to be the case. Baker Mayfield was God awful against the Steelers. They pretty much beat him into submission and that affected the rest of the offense. But you're coming into a game where the Bengals are giving up fantasy points to the running back position. Kareem Hunt is going to get the volume. It was a step back last week, but the Browns aren't the Steelers. So start Kareem Hunt, start him with confidence. Don't look back. My next pick out of the running back position is Ty Gurley. He plays the Lions this week. We talk about bad defenses against the run. The Lions are pretty much the bee's knees when it comes to sucking against opposing running backs. The Lions are giving up 25.4 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Fourth most in the league in fantasy up until this point. Todd Gurley, on the other hand, is producing despite not looking totally like himself. He's getting the job done. Don't get me wrong. He just hasn't looked like Todd Todd Gurley of old. Um, But he's still getting the the job done. He's the running back 10 so far after the first six weeks of fantasy football. I would start Todd Gurley, and I wouldn't look back at at this one either. These two are my starts of the week for the running back position. Now, wide receivers. Christian Kirk versus the Seattle Seahawks. Hopefully, Kyler Murray completes more passes this time. But we know that Christian Kirk is always one hit away when it comes to catching the ball, doing damage, getting big yards. That's his thing. The team, I would expect that the Seattle Seahawks would, you know, pay more attention to DeAndre Hopkins, which will leave Christian Kirk open to do more damage. Um, The Seattle Seahawks are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers at 38.4, the most in fantasy. Basically, if you're not playing Dallas, Start your wide receivers against the Seattle Seahawks. Pretty much. That's 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 it. That's 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 the that's the pick right there. Um, do that. <laughs> but Christian Kirk has a good game. Um, you just need Kyler Murray to get on the same page. I think you know that was kind of a misnomer last last game against the Cowboys for whatever reason he was just um too excited. I know that's what uh, Kingsbury said in a press conference afterwards that uh, Kyler Murray was just too excited about the game and being in Texas and blah, 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 blah. But Kyler Murray should be more focused because, you know, this is a game that can turn into a shootout or a shootout type situation. So uh, look for Christian Kirk to uh, be a part of that passing attack for the Cardinals. 
Now, my next pick is Mike Williams versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Jags are a little bit, they've been kind of up and down as opposed to dealing with wide receivers, but they're still giving up the eighth, they're still giving up the eighth most yards to opposing wide receivers, and they're giving up about 23 fantasy points per game. They're like a borderline mid tier when it comes to defending the wide receivers, but. I think that the offense that the Chargers are bringing in with Keenan Allen returning, Justin Herbert playing really well um, before the bye, and Mike Williams really showing that he can be a weapon if you throw him the freaking ball. So I like Mike Williams against the ja- uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I wish I had him on my fantasy team now. I And if anybody has been following me on Twitter, I definitely said that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams would not be fantasy relevant as long as Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. Little did I know, week was it week two? He wouldn't even be the quarterback anymore. <laughs> they put in Justin Herbert after he got uh, after Tyrod Taylor took that punctured puncture to the lung, and uh, they haven't looked back. So Herbert is doing his thing. I think Mike Williams has a good game against the Jaguars coming off of the bye and coming off of some rest. Um, I look for Mike Williams to have a good game this week. Now, let's move to the tight end position. I know I'm kind of sticking with um, some of these Browns-Bengals game, but Austin Hooper is a tight end who's really come around the last couple weeks. He's seen 16 targets over the last two weeks. He's managed to go over 50 yards in both of those games. And the Bengals present one of the better matchups, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing quarter uh, tight ends, not quarterbacks, um, at 10.4 fantasy points per game. I like that matchup. Tight ends are hard to come by. Um, there, there are a lot of them out there, but situations have changed. I did like Dan, Dalton Schultz, but we've seen the last couple of weeks that he's not being targeted, so I can't really suggest putting him up against the Washington football team, um, even though that's a better matchup. We just know that Dalton is not looking his direction right now. We don't know whether that's going to change or not, so I would rather not risk giving that kind of advice to fantasy owners, you know, just if you have them, keep them on your bench. If you have a better option on waivers that you want to pivot to, maybe Trey Burton is out there. You kind of move to that kind of position, but I can't say Stalt Schultz um, this week against Washington. So I'm not going to bother, but Austin Hooper has a better matchup with a better quarterback. Who's targeting not. Can we really say Baker Mayfield is better than Andy Dalton? Oh, that's disgusting. That's disgusting right there. Oh, and and Baker was horrible. It's like, who was worse? (laughs) But Austin Hooper has a better matchup against the Bengals. Um, I would start him with confidence, um, especially based off of his target shares the last couple weeks. Um, They're going to get him involved, and that could be a chink in the Bengals' armor um, to exploit if you're a Baker Mayfield and you can't throw deep. Moving on. Hunter Henry versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Henry has been decent. He hasn't gotten into the end zone. He's not getting the touchdown looks, but he's getting the targets. He's averaging about seven targets a game. He's being involved in the Chargers offense. You just need him to get some love when they get down to the end zone and they need to throw him the ball. You know, you have another weapon down there. You don't have just Keenan Allen. They need to get more of their pass catchers involved. I would hope that this is a game where they can do that. The Jags are giving up the six most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. 
11.2 fantasy points per game. This is a prime game where Hunter Henry can continue his one his streak, his touchdown streak, since he only scored one before the bye. Maybe this is another game where Hunter Henry gets keeps it going. I would like to see that. I know Henry and fantasy owners, especially in PPR formats, would like to see that as well. So to st- to recap, quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater versus the Saints, Joe Burrow versus the Cleveland Browns, at running back, Kareem Hunt versus the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Ty Gurley versus the Lions, wide receiver, Christian Kirk versus the Seattle Seahawks, Mike Williams versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then at the tight end position to wrap it up, Austin Hooper versus the Cincinnati Bengals and Hunter Henry versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is our episode for today. I hope you get to listen to it and check it out before Thursday night really kicks off. And I'm sorry I missed our Tuesday drop, but believe me, you did not want to hear me try and talk to you guys while dealing with the throw up voice. It just wasn't pretty. But thank you guys for listening and continuing to check us out. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can check us out on iHeartRadio now. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you hit that subscribe button if you listen to iHeartRadio. Search us up at the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. And don't forget, we're on Google, Spotify, Apple, and a few others as well. So you have your pick. Don't forget us. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you continue to check check us out and listen to us. And as usual, we're always thankful for guys, uh, for people who are willing to listen to our show. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys in our next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.